0: Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always is my good friend, Jim Stam, trying it a different way because his wife is still out of town. How you doing, brother?
2: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing this from the phone. Uh, My takes will be as bad as usual. So, you know, that's the important thing here.
0: It's no different. It's no different. And uh, joining us for the first time ever Somebody that I've talked to for an embarrassingly long time on Twitter to have never had him on the show, David Korb. He does his own podcast on the Steelers. That's what I know him from. That's what I've listened to in the past, but he just recently started a new one because somebody was going to do it, Jim. He named his podcast, the hodgepodge of nothingness podcast. I knew somebody was going to do it. I'm glad it was a smart man like this. Welcome to the show, David. How you doing, brother? Thank you, guys.
1: Thank you for having me on the show. Excited. Been wanting to do this for a long time.
0: Man, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. We're going to talk about some, some hot topics today because how could you yeah. not? Everything's hot right now. People are worked up. They're yeah. worked up, Jim. I mean, it was a it was a bad game in Chicago the other night. And a lot of the conversations going to end up going in that direction because that's recency bias. That's what we just saw. But some of these topics are a little bit wider-ranging uh, let's start with Rowanzi Contreras Jim what are we doing here man like <laughs> I understood what they what the intent was okay I think in a perfect world what they want is Rowanzi Contreras to go into the bullpen learn a little bit get a little bit better clean some things up maybe bring some velocity back have Osvaldo Beto start for him. And then by the time things kind of catch up, you just go ahead and flip-flop them whenever you feel right about it, and and hopefully everything goes well with, with the world. But that's not what we witnessed. What we witnessed was a kid that doesn't look like he should be being asked to preserve a lead in any way, shape, or form, no matter how big it is. Doesn't look like he should be asked to go in there and do that sort of thing. What's the solution here, Jim? I mean, does he go to AAA? Do you keep trying this? Are we all being too impatient? What do you think? Well, you know, it,
2: I will say just my, my overall thoughts were, uh, you know, everyone is, is worried about him, and rightly so. But as we've seen with Mitch Keller, it's not always going to be a straight path, to success. So I would caution people just to not give up on him. I, I think we saw enough there from the beginning and even recently this year to suggest that he can still be a good major league pitcher. Um, yeah. But I don't know, Gary, I don't, I think they're really, they're they're really stuck right now because injuries are piling up think in a perfect world they would have put him in the bullpen. He could have worked on things and that just hasn't happened, but he looks, he looks so lost right now. Um, I would keep him in some very low leverage situations in the bullpen right now. I just think that that's where he's going to ha- have to find some things. Yeah, I think he's a, re- I think he's a pretty resilient guy. So my hope is that, that 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 would be the path that I would take with him. I don't know. What do you guys think?
0: I mean, the thing is, Jim, I mean, I'm going to get David's take and then I'll circle back. But I think the problems we saw have been there all season. The slider is sharp, but there's nothing to keep people off of it. It's the same velocity as the fastball is. He's lost a couple ticks there. And the funny thing is he hasn't lost them. They're there. He just doesn't use them. He's been coached out of using some of that velocity to try to find some control and I'm not sure it's working. Maybe it is for Ortiz. I don't think it's working for Contreras. Maybe it has worked for Keller. I don't think it's working for Contreras. I think he's a pitcher that's always had this tool and now you're telling him you can't use that tool. So. David, I mean, what do you think, man? What's the right way to go? Are they on the right track here? Or should we just be patient and shut up? I think they're doing it
1: wrong. Unfortunately, I knew they were probably going to try to give him a shot following uh, Vito. And I was—I didn't want it to happen, but I had a feeling it was. Here's the thing. If this guy's off that bad, why in the world are you putting him in situations that are like critical situations? Put him in situations where he can work on this stuff to where you don't got to worry about him you know, giving away the game, and like you could tell, they also had him to throw a lot of curveballs last night. And to me, I don't know about you guys, but it seems like when a, when a young pitcher struggles, Oscar Marin always tries to have them lean on a different pitch. And sometimes it works. It worked for Aviato when he started throwing a two-seamer, right? Last year, what it was Keller with the sinker, but. They're trying to do this with a guy that's off on everything. He can't find his his location at all. And the first time he went out yeah. there, it was okay. Santana made a hell of a play to get him and out to start off the game, right? But he was locating the outside corner because he had him hardcore that first thing that he went out there. And then the second time he went out, he couldn't locate it no more. And then it just spiraled out from there. But to me, it's just no. I... I I didn't, I didn't want to see it, but I had a feeling they were going to. They were going to let Contreras go out there. And in a situation like that, it shouldn't happen. It should be, he should go to the bullpen and come in non-critical situations and work on the stuff he had. Why change things when everything he had originally was working, is my thing.
0: I felt like up 5-1 is, is a perfect time to try to, to use a guy like that. You're trying to reintroduce him. Okay. the first inning, though. He got out of it scoreless because Carlos Santana damn near ran his knees off to get to to get to a ball for him. Yeah. And he, he got a real sharply hit line drive that got caught. He didn't look right. He got the Cubs to swing at some really bad pitches too, because he was absolutely allergic to the strike zone. The I think I'd have seen enough in that clean inning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that I probably would have not sent him back out for the second. Um, I I don't, I think it's always going to be a little bit of a dance when you're going to use them and when you're going to try to use them, if you're going to keep them up here, because what's a leverage situation. Let's be real. Five, one is not a leverage situation. Five, one is a situation where if you put Rob Zuczynski in there, I would have been like, okay, I get it. We're up big, you know, I understand why you're doing it, but you just got to have a quicker trigger when a guy clearly doesn't have it and he did not have it. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of blame both ways here, but as far as like, is this plan going to work? I don't think his problems are insignificant. That said, Jim, we didn't think Keller's were insignificant last year. He was in the bullpen for like two turns and right back out And all of a sudden, everything's better. So maybe they thought what they saw with him was just as insignificant.
2: Yeah, man, it's tough. Like, I I look at it like if his confidence is really shot, how do you get that part back, you know, aside from just the technical side of things?
0: I mean I and find like allowing a kid that can almost touch triple digits to almost touch triple digits again tends to bring the confidence come roaring on back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I I think they might want to just get back to basics with him. Um and, you know, if, if, it, if it comes down to just go back out there and throw and let's not overthink everything that we're trying to do. But I just, you know, I think they're in a real tough spot. They got so I mean, we're now talking three guys out of this starting five from the beginning of the year that are either hurt or lost. So, right. you know, how do they how do they get him back on track does sending him down to AAA do that i don't think it does but you know and i agree with you gary like if you can't trust it, but if you can't trust a guy to come in with a five five one lead then he shouldn't be here well then sh- yeah i mean that's the question you gotta ask
0: let's let's take a quick break and when we come back let's touch on that AAA thing a little bit because that's definitely the other option right let's talk about whether we think he'd actually learn there or not All right, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Got a lot of great comments piling up in there, and we will get to them. But first, I want to wrap up Romanzi Contreras. I want to toss one more thing out there. The other option, if you're not going to try to just grip through and make things work in the bullpen and, and, and keep him up here, is to send him to AAA. And if we don't think that he's able to be used in a situation like he was last night... Perhaps that's something we're going to have to consider. If you send him to AAA though, what scares me, David, is the stuff plays. The stuff will get out in AAA regardless right. of whether he's hitting his spots or not. There's a famous story. Somebody, I think Dayon just told it the other day about uh, Jameson Tyon when he was in the system under Neil Huntington. He was getting everybody out with curveballs over and over and over again. They finally put a ban on curveballs. They were like, no more curveballs. <laughs> you're throwing nothing but fastballs. That's how you're going to get all your outs. So that's why, you know, again, don't look at stats and judge a guy because you don't know what's going on. James Brown yeah. was straight up told, no more curveballs because we want to see what you can do with that fastball. They may have to do something like that with Rowanzi. Well, the thing about it
1: is at AAA level, just like we talk about how it's a different for the hitter coming up, it's the same thing for the pitcher when he's facing major league hitters compared to guys in Triple A for a long long time, right? Because they can't make that jump. So, yeah, it may be just the curveball works and he plays with that and makes his stats look amazing. But when he gets up there and he's facing guys like Mike Trout,
0: different story. Absolutely. Jim, what about the Triple A? Gonna do any good?
2: Well, you know, that's why I bring up that confidence thing. Like, I do think just letting a guy get his brains beat in can really, really affect things. So that would be the only reason I would consider it is just to get him feeling good about himself again. Um, but that would be my last resort. I don't know how he's handling it. Maybe he's handling it fine, but, I can't imagine that it hasn't shook him some. I can't, I you know, that's that's human, that's just human nature, right?
0: I mean, we're obviously not in the room, but, you know, a lot of the guys that are, they made it seem like he was more affected than they'd really seen him, you know? So it tells me that he's probably feeling it a bit. And and I'll be honest, if he pitches like he did in that second inning in, in AAA, that stuff comments even crap because those pitches weren't even competitive. I mean, you or I could have stood there and took those balls. I mean, they weren't threatening the strike zone, Jim. And that yeah. that's that's the thing. I don't think his stuff has changed all that much. A couple things with Ronzi. The velocity is down a bit, and that's purposeful. The, the second thing is the slider and the fastball Aren't in the same tunnel, at almost the same speed, and they're almost used the same way. The curveball is not a good enough off speed pitch, and he can't land it often enough to threaten anybody in an off count. So you have to do something there. And that extra velocity is what has always gotten him by. The, when you take all that away, he's just not the same pitcher. I don't I don't really know if there's a solution besides teaching him another pitch.
2: Well, he's relying on one right now. So, you know, yeah. I mean basically he's he's trying to live off of one pitch.
0: Yeah. It's not a um, good situation. He's a super important kid. I mean, everybody that wants to flush him, calm down. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, calm down. But there there's definitely some work to do here. I don't know that this is gonna be quick. I I was thinking this was going to be a three or four week project. Now I'm thinking this could be more like a month or two at worst. You could see, you could see this being a situation where
2: the goal this year for him is just simply getting back on track. Like, however, that has to happen where, um, you know, you have to, I hate to say lower the bar, but, you have to get you have to get back to some basics i think that that's really that's really the thing when you're struggling this badly whether it's hitting or pitching how do you strip things down and make it simple for guys because baseball's right. hard enough baseball's hard enough when things are going pretty well let alone when you, everything has everything has escaped you you know so You know, they've got their work cut out for him. Marin, I think, has done a pretty good job, obviously, with the staff this year. But now he's got Rowanzi,
0: and he's got to get him right. He does. He does. Do you guys think we see a Phantom DL? Uh, What's that, David?
1: Do you guys think we see a Phantom uh, DL? Phantom IL with him? An IL stint with him, maybe?
0: I don't think so, or I think they would have already done it. And unless... They're going to take it into the um, mental counts too now, which I guess it kind of does. Some people are, you know, saying that they're not fit mentally to play right now and, and kind of going on the IL. I guess you could do something like that. We've got another player we were going to bring up here. Nicholas McKee brought up, you guys think Holderman IL stint is a phantom IL stint? Um, sounds like they gave it a name. They said it's a sprained wrist. So, um, I don't know. Something's been off with them. You don't go from killing the league to just not being able to hit anything overnight like that. So usually that is an indication that something's up. Well, yeah, for,
2: for, for me with a guy like that at the juncture, they're at right now with the health of the staff. If he wasn't hurt, he'd still be out there and he would still be, you know, guys go through little stretches, right? His stuff's right. too good. So uh, to, me, it's t- to me, that's a totally legitimate thing.
0: Well, he he's I'm I'm going through to- a stretch, and that's what we were going to talk about tonight. But now we're going to be talking about, okay, he's gone. Yeri De Los Santos is up here. What was a strength is not necessarily a strength. Now the back of that bullpen. Yeah. Not only can they not get to the back of that bullpen, <laughs> often enough with a lead, now when you do get to it, well, now you're you're trusting somebody like Dari Moretta as probably your eighth inning guy because it certainly isn't going to be Ramirez after his last couple outings. You know, you got Hernandez, he's a rule five guy, but he he's looked more competent than seventy five percent of what's gotten run out there this year. Um, you might have to consider him for a high leverage seventh or eighth inning. I mean, what do you think of the landscape now that the bullpen can't carry a weakening starting rotation, Jim? Well, they're they're a Ridge Hill,
2: uh, IL stint away from being in complete complete disarray.
0: Like I, yep. I mean, how how would you even cover the amount of starts that you would need? Um, I think you're starting was- to see in the minors what what their plan is like at least internally they moved uh, Kyle Nicholas up to triple A and uh, they moved uh, Solometto up to double A so you're seeing them start to move their talent north and I think there's a reason for that because they, they realize they've got to plug the dike too. The thing is there, there just aren't going to be enough starting pitchers on the market for this team to go and get two of them, two good ones, anyway. Right. So you're, it's it's not going to be easy to fix. Rowanzi almost this, has to get fixed, or this whole thing's a wash. Really,
2: they they'd be lucky to get one pitcher at 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 the deadline. You know. Yeah. Um, the bigger question for me is, and Gary, I know you wrote a piece on this, was what do you do the rest of the way? You know, um, do you, do you try to get something together to see this through? Or at some point, do you just stand pat and say, okay, nothing's changed long-term. And I
0: know fans will hate that. Fans will hate it. Fans will hate it, but I mean, David, it's been a long journey already with this rebuild. We knew we knew what we were in for. At least most of us that, you know, bothered to think beyond nutting stinks and all that jazz. Yeah. We we knew what we were in for. We knew this was gonna be a long process. And and you know, I think fairly most of us didn't expect this year to be part of that, you know right. great that great Phoenix rising from the ashes. We thought <laughs> yeah. this was gonna be another year where you're kind of struggling and Maybe we'll get to 500 this year if everything goes great. I still think that's in play. But this starting pitching, it's taken such a hit. They have to do something now, even if they don't think they're in it. Like, you got to get something in here just to to kill innings. Right.
1: And I don't know. like They got Quinn Priester, but that's like a prized AAA prospect. I don't think they're going to chance that with him until they really fully think he's ready. So to me, I I think you're gonna see like a Caleb Smith get called up or something like that. That's who I could see. And it's just like we talk about Jared Jones again, another prize prospect, I don't see them rushing him up unless it's like dire and they don't want to make a move and go get a guy. But I could see the, them being forced to go get a guy at the same time like you said to eat in. It.
0: The only argument I have for for Quinn Priester or Jared Jones or Kyle Nicholas for that matter right now, if you don't think they're hundred percent ready, which I don't, but right. if you think that just through sheer stuff, they could come up here and give you a couple starts come December. You've got to put two or three of them on your 40 man anyway. So it's not like you'd be doing it two years early and then you're going to sit on him like leo berpagero for for you know the better part of two seasons you're talking about a guy that next spring was going to be in your plans anyway probably going to be pushing for a spot probably going to get nosed out by free agents and and have to start in AAA anyway it's not going to kill him to get his feet wet and, and for somebody like quinn In particular, he's a guy that I think will benefit from coming up and, and seeing what major league hitters will do to his stuff, because here's another guy that, half the time is getting out some triple-A. And he's getting them on that big, slow curveball and that big, deliberate fastball with the big, huge motion. And, you know, (laughs) and he drops down three quarter a little bit for that slide. Everybody knows what's coming. When you watch him pitch, it's he's the most vanilla guy I've ever seen with electric stuff is all I can say. He's going to get clobbered up here if they bring him up. Part of me thinks he needs to see it. I pirates okay with
2: put it, but the pirates have put themselves in this situation. Okay, because in my mind, what I am seeing is is they did not they did not see the division being as bad as it, it was gonna be. They were just going to be happy with some more wins this year. But now they are sitting in and around first place. It's gonna be July soon. And half of me wonders if uh, uh, above Shelton, if they don't dislike the position they're in, because it puts them under the gun a little bit before they thought they would have to be. And true. uh, that that that's the interesting question to me. I would love to hear someone come out and say yes. Winning the division is important to us. Aside from players saying that, because I don't think they, I don't think that Gary, I don't think they particularly like where they're at.
0: I don't think they believe in it. I don't. I don't think that that's the same as like it. I think they'd love to win. I just don't think that they expected it. That's all. Um, if it happens, cool. I just, I just don't see it this year, I, th- I think they'd be crazy to think that they would, but the division's right there and nobody's taking it. And if you can get in the dance and don't, that's on you. Like this, I go back to like that last window, 2013 to 2015. What was my big bitch about that, Jim, that we could have had 2012 too. You could have added 2012 on if you'd spent a little bit, could have, could have added 2016 on if you had, had done some things a little differently. Either way, there was room on either end of that window to add another year. I kind of think like that's where we're at right now. Maybe we don't deserve to be here. Maybe we're not ready to be here. Maybe we'd get boat raced in the first round of the playoffs. Probably would. Florida Panthers should have too. You know, but You know, you you try to get in the dance if you can. It's good for the city. It's good for the fan base. It's good for season tickets. It's good for all of the core guys that you have here locked up that you want to prove you're going to, you know, really, really take this somewhere. And I don't think it's going to cost you a whole lot. I'm not saying like, go out and give them three of our top five prospects so you can get, you know, six months of Clayton Kershaw you know, or, um, showy, but go and do something, you know, go and get somebody that you can get that, that will help you. You know, if that's a Patrick Corbin or that's a, you know, sunny gray, if, if the twins should fall off or Giolito, or somebody along those lines that is, has maybe a year left or they're on an expiring contract and you can get them relatively affordably do it. That's where I'm at. David, where are you at
2: on it? Because Gary and I go back and forth on this quite a bit. You know, for me, it's if they're not going to do something that's going to help this after this year, I'm not probably doing much other than somebody with a pulse. I want it to be able to be rolled over into this perceived window.
1: Well, I think they. I saw somewhere where attendance is up, like, is it 19% this season from last yep. year already? Yeah, it's up. So, they have to be seeing that and be like, hmm, it's up 19%. Make a little move to maybe have a little bit of more faith instilled in, you know, the fan group. And maybe, you know, that might be the route they go. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like... Ben Charrington has got the patience of like, uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I don't know. Like, I feel like there should be, you know, some urgency with this guy sometimes. And I don't see it with the moves he makes.
2: I honestly, I, I honestly feel like he doesn't want to waste one day of the truly competitive window. That's 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 how the more I look at it, the more I see it, is that he does not want to waste one day of that. It's only going to be so long. And I don't think he thinks – I don't think he lets that change his mindset. What's, what's the start that they've had this year or being in it, I think that has very little effect on how he thinks of it.
0: That's just my opinion. Well, your opinion's wrong, but he <laughs> – He he cares about it. He cares about winning. I just think um, this year when it happened and everything, I'm not sure there's necessarily much that could be done. Like, you want to add offense. I mean, just I'm telling you internally, they just straight up do not think it's wise to bring up Henry Davis right now. They really don't. And I don't see that changing. People keep acting like he and Endy are a package deal. They're not. Endy is definitely coming up first. And I, I still believe Henry Davis has a chance to come up, but it's not going to be till like late July or August if he continues to hit like this. I just don't see them doing it. As far as the starting pitching goes, they're absorbing three TJs. I think we've talked about that multiple times now. It's not like they weren't prepared. It's not like they didn't have better options to come up. They just don't have them now. They're hurt. And the trade market yeah. in Major League Baseball doesn't open until July. It just doesn't. You, you'll see stray trades here and there in June, but they're for crap or they're cash trades or they're, um, Hey, here's this comp pick. You know, can I have this? <laughs> you know, it's not like, um, you're not talking like the big trades that, that, that people actually get to fortify their lineup. We talked last week. The Royals are there. The Tigers maybe could be there as far as somebody can get somebody from. The A's are out there as far as a bad team right now. Nationals are, I suppose, but they're just building their team and very young and aren't going to want to move off most of what they have. It's going to be really hard for a minute here until teams get a little bit more well-positioned. I'm just not sure what he could do. I, people keep saying, like, he doesn't care. How do you know? What would you do? What could you do? There's nothing else in the system to call up but envy. That's it. No, but that's why I'm that, – that. to your point, like, that's kind
2: of what I'm saying is, though, that, like, they aren't going to change what they're going to do with um, Henry Davis. They aren't going to change what they're going to do with Quinn, P- Quinn Priester or Jared Johns. I just think that they'll stay the course on what they are doing long term rather than sacrifice anything in the short term. I'm not saying I'm a, I, I agree with it. It's just what I see that I don't think they're going to do that. I totally agree with you, Gary, on the fact that what can they do outside the organization right now? Probably not much. It's June, whatever, what June. Oh, I don't even know what year it is, let alone what day it is. June <laughs> but, 15th. <laughs> you know, so I just, uh, I don't think they can do much.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, even even like you're saying, oh, they won't change their plan on Quinn. Good. If you've watched him, good. That's all I can really say. That's the smart thing to do. Not bring him up. He is not ready this level just not and Andy he hasn't hit great this year I wish he was putting more pressure on I really do he had the elbow concern I think he's coming out of it he's ready I don't think he's gonna learn anything else in triple-a I'd call him up as far as Henry goes I think there's a real problem there he can really play right field he can really catch that's what he can do. They don't think he's good enough at catcher yet to come up here and take over. And right field, okay, but where's Jack playing? Where's Joe playing? <laughs> you know what I mean. And you can say they're better, or he's better than Jack, if you want to. I guess there's. We'll get into the Jack hate probably in the third segment. But Jack's not sitting, and G1 Bay is going to play center field. So where's he going to play if he can't catch? I'm just not 100% sure that I equate not calling up prospects to not caring or not being willing to change a plan because they're not being forced to change those plans, is my point. Henry Davis could come up here and hit, but that's what he could do. If you want to say he's better than Kutch, hey, I got, I'm right behind you. I think he probably could be. Bring him up and do that if you're willing to sit the, 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 the superstar you brought back.
2: Do you That's get what I'm a, saying? No,
0: I, listen, I, I, I'm not disagreeing
2: with that aspect of it at all. I think that they are, like I said, in a no man's land and they are, they. but they have, but they have kind of put themselves in that situation too, just in the sense of waiting and waiting and waiting till it's all ready to go. And so when you get in a situation like this year where an opportunity has presented itself, how do you get out of that? How
0: do you, how do you, how do you address it? I don't know. The opportunity presented itself because they didn't wait and brought in a whole ton of veterans. Well, yeah, but, but again, they were little stop gaps. They didn't have to to do that. I mean, it, no. it was scary. they didn't have to. They could have just gone internally if they wanted to and just had this year literally be a punt. Instead, it just wound up kind of looking like one because they don't have anything left to call up. I mean, after Endy, it's a desert. It's Endy and Henry. That's what you got. Right. And Henry is still a question mark to me, but that's what you got. Nick Gonzalez has faded. Leavar Piguero's is starting to come on now. So I can make an argument that if you don't feel comfortable with Marcano starting against um, left-handed pitching, or you don't ultimately think he's a good enough shortstop, maybe it's time to bring Piguero up, but he's had his own struggles in the field, but at least the bat's coming along. I, I throw my hands up here because I'd love to admonish the GM and just literally say, oh, he just doesn't care that he won't call these guys up. But I I see the logic in it and I just can't get past it. I I cannot help myself but just see why they don't want to call Henry up right now. I know from watching him why I don't want Quinn Priester up here. So I'm just I'm kind of locked in too. There's no real suggestion to give there for another three weeks. And then I'm gonna start pounding the table for trades. Do you, guys, think they
1: should have, do you guys think they should have added someone when they lost Burroughs and Brewbaker
2: right at the beginning?
0: Again, from where? That's the big <laughs>
2: thing. yeah, that's the big thing is like nobody at that point, nobody wants to do it now, let alone at the beginning of you know the year when that happened. So um you are in like okay, you've got a month here to just see how things go. And then you might get some action on something legitimate. But again, like if it's not going to help down the road, at the same time, it can help now. Then I probably say, don't do it. And I, and I, and I hate saying that because, but, but, but I see them only trying to do this one way. And that is when it's all ready.
0: I mean, there's another side to this too. You know, we talk about not wanting to lose prospects. I got into a whole argument with, not argument, but conversation with uh, James Littleton today on Twitter, talking about this a little bit. Um, You don't want to lose prospects. I understand that. And you don't want to lose them for rentals even more. But reality dictates the 40 man is going to be a very real crunch this year in December. So you're going to lose some guys anyway. You're going to have to lose some guys. You're going to have to pick and choose some things. I mean, we're probably talking about if things stay on this trajectory, is Nick Gonzalez even in your top 20 at the end of the year? If he keeps playing the way he is, you know what I mean? So do you protect him like you're supposed to? I don't know. Because you might have to protect Carmen Majinski. You're going to have to protect Kyle Nicholas. You're going to have to protect Quinn. There's an awful lot of guys. Maybe it is time to start trading some of this surplus. You know, stop, stop considering that everybody's going to going to make it at some point because they're not. You know, uh, if Shelton's never going to embrace Kane Smith and Jigba, move on from them because clearly the GM likes them better than the coach. I'm just saying there's there's some there's some some things there that I think they could move that have some value like Gorski, Matt Frazier, guys like that to maybe have some potential. We're never gonna get to them. Let's let's use them. And if that has to be a rental this year, I don't give a crap if it's like just to sneak into the playoffs. I think they need a pitcher just to survive the season. I'm not even talking about winning. So, like, <laughs> go do it. Is my point. I don't think every prospect is the same thing, and I don't think every deal for a pitcher with a year left on the downside is Archer.
2: You know. Yeah, and and you brought up Gonzalez, and that will give that will give people brain aneurysms when you mention that and also too it's like how much does Sherrington stick by him right because you wonder if there's some loyalty there um I'm yeah. sure there is but like you know because they're married now um and you don't want to I doubt I I would doubt that he would be willing to to say I made the mistake there.
0: It is his first draft pick, but if he's not going to move, he's not going to move, right? And and you're already here. You're you're saying you'd have to move Juan Bay out of the way, Rodolfo Castro, Tucapita Marcano, Leiber Piguero, O'Neill Cruz, in order to find a place for him to play, and. I'm sorry, a 40% K rate isn't going to get that done. So if somebody else can take that and go, hey, he was a number one pick. I'll give you a pitcher that you control for two or three years. I'm doing that. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not picking on him in particular, but that's the kind of deal you're going to have to make if you want real help. That's all. It's going to have to be somebody that you care about. Well, he, he's also, he also loved Marcano too.
2: So, I mean, that's another guy that he insisted, insisted that that, that guy be included and went
0: back to get him. So, um, they're either exactly. going to die. Right. Largely, you know, he, he looks like, he looks like a, a, a major leaguer, at least as a, as a bench guy. So
2: I agree. I like Marcano. I yeah. do. I think he's just a yeah. solid little ball player. Um, now, whether that means he should be starting routinely, I don't know. But he hasn't embarrassed himself either.
0: It's true, man. Hey, let's take another quick break. And when we come back, and David, for you, since you're probably not familiar, we just sit here looking like dopes for a couple seconds. But we're going to just sit here We're just going to sit here quietly for a second. When we come back, we're going to start talking about what I think is the biggest hot button right now about the pirates on social media. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you smash that subscribe button, give us a follow, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Every time you do stuff like that, it helps. We really appreciate the help. Some of you seem to think we're nice guys, so help us. <laughs> it's very cool that you do. Um, David, let's start with the hot button. Jack Sawinski. Smash or pass, brother. I mean everybody <laughs> seems to have everybody seems to have an opinion and there is no in between. He either sucks out loud or he's awesome. He's either Juan Soto or he's Raphael Belliard. Which one is it? Look, you gotta play this kid. His power's just too much to pass up.
1: I, the guy's looking like Barry Bonds out there sometimes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like and don't get me wrong. The splits, I know the splits are very different. It's just at this point in time, you got to see if the kid figures it out because it's so worth it to me.
0: I totally agree, Jim. I know you love Jack. Do you like watching him have these left-handed at-bats? Do you think that the Pirates are making a mistake by letting that happen or forcing that to happen? How would you play this out?
2: I, I would. I would tell people... It's to me, it's, it's that paralysis from analysis type situation is like, you can make the stats look however you want, good or bad. All I know is that the guy has power that this organization doesn't have. You have to give that an opportunity in today's baseball. I mean, you got to hit home runs, you know, and yes, the K's are, the K's are ugly, they, are. they don't care but they don't care about strikeouts anymore everyone as much as I would love to not see the K's from 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 everybody look at look at strikeouts look at the numbers pitchers are putting up K guys. they don't care anymore about how that outcomes. They just don't. So let's let's get away from looking at the K rate. I know it's important but it can't be the deciding factor on what you do. And and guys, remember, he's 24 years old and he does not have a ton of major league at-bats yet. I would be giving him opportunities. I think at times he looks like he's making some progress against lefties. I thought last night he looked okay. So I, I just like, man, can we hit the pause button and not overanalyze everything from a guy who doesn't even have a full – season of major league at bats who happens to be hitting 35 home runs. Thank
0: you. I think the power, I about say it. <laughs> yeah, the power is ridiculous, I, I think he has to play a lot because of that. As far as the lefties, I think they need to pick their spots. You know, I don't think every lefty is a good matchup for him. A power lefty, I think, for instance, is going to give him fits. He just doesn't see the ball well enough to catch up to the heat from them. Uh, especially if it's a guy that can throw a slider too. two. Now you get somebody like, you know, Boyd or um, the guy they just faced last night, so a soft tossing lefty, he can hit them and he can, he can be patient he can take a walk and he, he knows what he's doing up there. I, I actually think that's okay. I also think that, we're forgetting that these guys are constantly working on the craft, right? So he just introduced a brand new thing a week and a half ago where he's choking up more on the bat against lefties. He's got a shorter and more compact swing. You see less of less of pronounced foot uh, tap that he usually does. And I think it's helped him see the ball a little better. He's he's, he's got a better approach against them. This is well worth investigating at the very least. And I guess everything we just talked about was about like this team trying to win. So out of the other side of my mouth, I'm saying, okay, but you got to try to help this kid, like become the full version of himself at the same time as trying to win. Right. So sometimes those concepts don't necessarily line up because it's not intuitive to put Jack in to face a lefty right in the heart of your order right now. But I think for the overall good of the team, you have to find out if he can do it. That said, I think you have to do the same thing with Rodolfo Castro. In fact, I don't really understand the difference in the situation.
2: I, I, that part I totally agree with. I, I would love to just... Sit somebody down and say, "What's the difference? What's the difference? Why, why will you let one guy go through it a little bit and the other one you're just totally averse to it? You know, um, right. they both they both hit. I mean, we know what we know what Castro does against lefties. We know what Jack does against righties. Yeah. So I I don't understand the difference. There has to be a reason for it. They're not just doing it." For the hell of it. So what is that reason? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. And and I think we saw a couple weeks ago they started trickling Rodolfo out there against lefties every now and again, started letting him have an at-bat here and there. And that's cool because before that they were allowing him to just have the odd at-bat against them when he started against a lefty and they happened to change pitchers. And that lefty I think what a lot of people don't necessarily understand is that lefty that comes in is usually a lot better than that starter was, you know, that lefty that comes out of the pen usually has much nastier stuff than that starter did. And like, if you were Jack Sawinski, for instance, you'd rather face Rich Hill than you would face Perdomo. Okay. So I'm not even sitting here telling you Perdomo is great. But I'm telling you, Perdomo is a terrible matchup for him, whereas Hill, he might be able to outpatient him into a walk or get a hold of something that he leaves up a little bit somewhere. You know, all all in all, though, it's a worthy experiment. I just don't know how how you balance that mentally. How do you go, that's okay because it's in the effort to develop, but it's directly going against trying to win sometimes. Do you get what I mean? Or do you yeah. not
2: see it that way? No, I do see it that way. I think that is part of the problem of the kind of position they are in this year. Um, it's it, it, it's a reflection of of being in a spot that I don't necessarily think they that they envisioned. And now, so how do you balance that with playing either of them when they do? I, you know, Jack, to me, is somebody that, like, man, there's just been... T- look the good the good is good the bad is bad but there are other things that he is showing like his on base percentages is, is is up you know like he yeah. he gets on he's getting on base so like he's worked hard on that and he has shown that he can improve in those areas that should give people hope that he can improve in other areas It's the guys that can't adjust anywhere across their game that you really have to worry about he has shown that he can have little bits of growth and that is something that like that's why guys bottom out and they don't advance and then they they don't even get to this point is you look for guys that can make adjustments i'm not sure what else they want jack to be at this point at this stage of the game. If they're looking for a finished product, well look around look around baseball. There's not a lot of guys like that. Okay, he's he's not he's not some of these other guys that are these these complete players. But come on, he's shown enough that you gotta you gotta let it you gotta let it play out.
0: It's his second year, you're right. And and I think a lot of fans, especially when you're when you're starting to look at this building thing you start to see them compare players to guys in other markets, you know? Right. Um, well, that, and that's how, what
2: I was going with.
0: Yeah. Look at how, look at how Randy Rosarena is so awesome out in the outfield. His arm's is a cannon and he, he hits everything. And why can't we have somebody like that? Um, I mean, maybe you do. They're just not, they're not as developed, they didn't come along as quick. Somebody actually put on Twitter the other day, would you rather have Michael Harris the 2nd or Jack Sawinski, you know, on your team? I, I mean, I don't know. My, I mean, Michael Harris is a pretty good player. I think Jack Sawinski is a really good player. I actually think in the power department he's going to embarrass Michael Harris over, the, over his career probably. As far as on-base percentage, I bet Michael Harris embarrasses him. And he's probably, he's a better fielder for sure. So, I mean, there's a lot of like, of, of comparisons that go around, but why is Michael Harris so good in his first or second year? And Jack has taken some time, it's just a different player, man, a different skill set, And not every player maxes out at all-star, you are not going to see the pirates with nine all-stars. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And it's not because there is not even because they're cheap. The Padres tried to do that. They don't have that. The Mets tried to do that. They don't have that. It doesn't happen in this game. Period. It's frustrating to watch. And here's what's up. He's a kid. And I just, I hate seeing him treated the way he is, man. Well, I just think
2: he, I just think people have scrutinized the hell out of him because of these swings. I saw last night where he's actually hitting well on the road this year, which even more makes people's brains explode because last year it was the exact opposite. So, you know, I think we just got to, this is, guys, this is the growing pains with younger guys. Yeah. You know, we talk about the Rowanzi situation. We talked about Keller. You see what's going on with Jack Sawinski.
0: I mean, they're they're just. Baseball is. Baseball's hard. It's hard. Well, let's go from growing pains to out and out decay because Carlos Santana is literally leaving body parts on the field. For whatever reason, Jim, and I can't make sense of it, this veteran has decided whatever he's got left in the tank he's given to the Pittsburgh Pirates you can very much so tell he's not planning on playing anymore he's, <laughs> he's going out he's all hustle on the base paths. he's running into walls he's diving all <laughs> over the place he's, he's taking foul balls off his knee and staying in a game that's meaningless down like six or something this is not what we're accustomed to here when we bring in guys at the end of their rope you know we're used to Derek Bell and Kirk Gibson and guys that like can barely walk anymore, just taking a paycheck. It's refreshing to see. It's also something we should all appreciate, right? That said, the pirates really do need to find a way to get his bat out of the lineup a little more often, as good as he is at first base is Connor Joe, that much of a drop off. And you know, Choi is going to need a place to play too when he comes back. Got a question here from somebody asking, um, if we've heard anything, all I know is as soon as his 60 days are up, he's going to probably be back. He looks like he's on track. So what do you think of that? I mean, Carlos Santana has been a good thing for this team overall, but he's been overplayed and overexposed at this point, David, what do you think? Oh, absolutely! I've been worried. They've been overplaying him, and eventually, we're going to see the nosedive
1: of the batting average because this guy's going to be worn out. And I, I don't see how it's such a drop off with Joe. I haven't seen. I think maybe one play I've seen. uh, It was recently that double play they should have had, where he threw a high ball to second, but it's not an easy throw either. So, like, if you're going to get nitpicky, that's really about it, in my opinion. But yeah, no, they. It's certainly not like
0: going to Van Meter. You know, like right. Right. he can play the position. That's, I think that's why I'm asking the question, Jim, because this Carlos Santana being tired thing is, is cute and cool. And I, I appreciate his effort and everything, but why are the pirates doing this to him? Like Connor Joe is not that bad. <laughs> like, I just don't, I guess I just don't understand it. And we're looking to find ways to get, other guys bats in the lineup like you want to see Caden Smith and Jigba I assume when you called him up there for like three days wouldn't that have been an easy way to do it throw Connor Joe over at first base and toss him out in the outfield you would think I I think
2: there's there's going to be I worry about Santana as good as Kutch has been I worry about even him you know like I mean, what is he? Is Kutch is Kutch going to be the same Kutch that we're seeing now in August, when he's got 500 plate appearances? I mean, I I don't. Oh, think I heard else. on
0: Twitter that being a DH doesn't take any energy at all, Jim. So no, oh, no, I wanted to make sure on. you knew about it. Maybe <laughs> maybe it just missed you. Okay, you're not always on Twitter anymore. You know, that's I, where I, all I, the information I, is.
2: I'm glad I missed that because that that's 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 ridiculous the guy's gonna be 37 years old he, he nobody in their right mind thought he was gonna have to come in and do that like, yeah because it's real easy to get geared up the face guys throwing 99 every night whenever you know you haven't had that many at bats and how long yeah come on. I didn't know that. no, but he's somebody else I worry about. I don't want to see that happen to those types of guys. I think like you mentioned Gary Santana is giving everything he's got um, and he and he doesn't look interested in saving himself. So sometimes you got to do it for the player
0: too, right? I mean David, aging out is a thing. We're gonna yes. come up on this we're gonna come up on this deadline they're going to have opportunities to to make some changes to this team. I think going into the season we all assumed that guys like Choi and Santana and Hill and you know there was other guys too would would find their way out the door as trade chips just like we always do, right? Yeah. Yeah. If they're in this kind of position, I think at the at the very least you're not going to see them do that. At least not in mass, right? But no first base no in it. No, first base is a problem. Maybe you do want to move somebody like Carlos Santana. <laughs> you know what
2: I mean? Like well, maybe I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm like, does that guy want? Would that guy be okay with it? You know, um, does he want to go? Would he go somewhere?
0: Could you get a nice bullpen arm for him? Maybe. Yeah. Well, that's my question because it almost feels like a guy that's given 150% to a team like this, that he has no allegiance to, and he's taking all these kids under his arm and he's running around, slamming into walls and whatnot. It almost makes me feel like they've kind of got a wink and a nod. Like you're going to stick around all year. We want you here. We need your leadership and give us everything you got, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like to me. And it feels like that has been the case since spring. So I don't feel it's because of the hot start that they've been like, Oh, we're probably going to hold on to you. It feels like almost that was an agreement to that they began with. And Choi maybe ends up being the odd man out. Although I think they can really use his bat on the bench, a professional hitter, like to, 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 to call on from the left side, somebody that can actually face lefties. If they switch out with the bullpen arm, you'd be all right. I don't know, man. A big part of me wants to believe they'll crip through and get their pitching healthy and right, and and find some diamonds in the rough, and, and do something at the trade deadline. And then Cruz comes back, and everything's okay. But the original question of this show was: Is this just a bunch of questions, or is this over? And I think we're 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 going to find out here in this nine game stretch, right? And it, ha- it certainly hasn't started re- very well.
2: I think they're in a real, real precarious spot. I can't imagine that they could survive m- much more on the injury front before it just finally takes its toll. Um, feels that know. way. Yeah. And um, that's a shame because, you know, it was a small kind of runway for them to land on anyway. And then you get the injuries. They don't have the depth. They don't have the guys ready to come up. But it will be interesting. Like, let's just say there it's still the trade deadline. You're a week or two out from the trade deadline and you are still in the same exact spot, which could happen. Yeah. Everybody's going to watch what they're doing and expect something. Will they do it? Will they do anything? I think we could still be, even though it might feel like it's not long, it's not going to last. It could still be there in a month from now in the same exact spot record wise i'm saying if
0: only because the rest of the division stinks yeah and i know people are frightened because the reds are crawling up everybody's butt but the reds are kids i mean they're kids i i don't believe it okay i just don't they have some good players they can pitch a little bit they haven't really gone through the attrition of injury this year yet. You got to give this some time before you start getting too excited that they're going to come up and just take the league by storm. They, they have yet to get punched in the mouth yet and it will happen. That's all. I'm, really,
2: I'm really curious. Maybe I'll run a poll on it, Gary, for our next show is kind of listing, like assuming you think the cards are cooked. Who wins this division out of the rather four?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's someone a hard will. decision to say right now, isn't it? Yeah, but someone's yeah. got – I mean, and, and all of them are deeply flawed. I agree. I wonder if we could get the Cardinals to trade us Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take him in a heartbeat, man. So, hey, David, it was great having you on the show, brother. We really had a oh. good time with you.
1: Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. This was awesome.
0: And uh, David, thank you for your service, sir.
1: Yes, of course. Absolutely. Family. Super. Oh, thank you, appreciate guys. Appreciate you, sir. It.
0: Thank you. And uh, my dad's a veteran as well. So, just, you know, always a special spot for us here. And uh, I hope you have your free DK subscription. You deserve it. So, anyway, <laughs> anyways, why don't you uh, give yourself a quick plug? Where can people find you? Where can people find what you have to say? Oh, sure. Uh, on Twitter, you guys can find me at M underscore Corb. Uh, I do the Pirates product, uh,
1: podcast. It's called Hodgepodge and Nothingness Podcast. And then I'm on the Steeler Sanctuary podcast with David Barrow from SirSanctuary.com.
0: Sounds good. I've definitely listened to the Steeler one a lot more than the Pirate one. That one just started, what, a m- month ago or something? Like it feels 40 like- days ago? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I ha- I've only listened to that one a couple times so far, but it's been pretty good. <laughs> And uh we always want to push other podcasts on here that are trying to speak with some kind of rationality about the targets. Hey, <laughs> hey there's
2: there's always room for good ones. We just don't like the bad ones and you're you're not in that category. So I'm more yes. paranoid about the jaggies, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the jaggy winners just continue to prove themselves over and over uh, just, again. Just try to try to avoid winning that competition. I'll be happy. So, hey, everybody, we're going to wrap it up this week, but, um, you know, from the Pirates Fan Forum, all I can really say, keep your chin up. They probably weren't supposed to be where they are. Um, I think if they can get a decent little stretch out of Osvaldo Bito and don't have any other starters go down, there's a chance they can recover here and, and make it through until it's trade time. But I will say the Holderman thing
2: got me more worried. I was like, boy, that, that, that's a, that's a kick in the, in the sack that you don't need right now.
0: Yeah. Ramirez turning back into a pumpkin didn't help either. <laughs> so it, well, it changes some things with that bullpen. The whole mix is, is kind of messy right now. What, what used yeah. to be a pretty firm landing strip is not so much anymore. In fact, just getting Bednar uh save opportunities is a challenge right now. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's uh, end it for this week. We'll let Ben take it away. And we'll say goodbye to you fine folks just watching us on video. Talk to you later.
1: Yes, you